Yeah, I mean, it was crazy. So I, I knew this. They were all texting me while he was walking. So I just knew, I was like, dude, you have people waiting for you, dude. You have people waiting for you. But I really, at, at, on the bridge, I just didn't think he was going to finish. Like I. Hi, friends. This is Daniel Martinez, co-host and creator of the Any Given Run Day podcast. I personally want to thank you for taking the time to listen to us today. This podcast was created with you, the runner in mind. We dive in and talk to athletes of all levels, abilities, and share our stories and experiences with you. Here we go. All right, guys. Thank you once again for joining us uh, for another episode of the Any Given Run Day podcast. Uh, we're very excited here. Um, this is actually the first time we're recording where me and the, my co-host, JP, is actually together. Yeah. Uh, we usually record separately, uh, different people. Um, but today we have several guests. This is the first time we do this. This is pretty awesome. Um, we have Kenneth and his crew. Uh, Kenneth, we wanted to start off, first of all, with just uh, congratulating you on your five years of sobriety, t- sobriety t- today. That's definitely, you know, a big accomplishment and, and definitely Thank you. Yeah. worthy to That's be celebrated. Deal. Um, so you completed uh, your journey from Austin to Corpus, totaling 223 miles uh, to collect funds for Child Safe. Uh, their mission is to restore dignity, hope, trust to children traumatized by abuse and neglect. Your initial goal was to fundraise 10,000. Uh, last I heard it was 15,000, but I think last night uh, I read 17,000. Does that sound correct? Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's pretty correct right there. So. That's amazing. So this time two weeks ago, Kenneth, you were in the middle of your journey, uh, but we know that none of this is ever possible without a uh, team or what mm-hmm. the ultra marathon calls, ultra marathon people call a crew, right? <laughs> Yeah. Um, so would you please introduce your, your team, your crew? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I got Leroy and I got Paige, uh, some people call her Taylor. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they, uh, they definitely are, they work together. Um, Leroy had his, his definitely had his, uh, work cut out for him following me with his, uh, little Jeep and the heavy traffic of going through, uh, highway 181. Um, and then I got Paige out of the car and had her kind of pace me um pacing is like basically just following along with me no matter what my what my um my my pace is so uh i kind of had her just do you know <clears throat> first it was like 30 seconds on 30 seconds off then it, it, i was like oh, okay well this is a good momentum i can put some trust into this and then she said uh five i asked her let's do five minutes on and five minutes off and so we did that and I, I made the poor thing kind of do that for about almost like, I don't know, like, <laughs> like 15 miles, I think, or something around there. Like it was, it was something ridiculous. And, you know, even, even when I didn't want people around she just kind of stuck by my hip anyways. So it was like, it was cool. But then like, you know, I was like, oh, you, can, you, can, you can go back in the car now. <laughs> That's just me. <laughs> um, and then you got, you have Ben, uh, Ben stuck it out. Uh, I, I like to call him Ben Adon. He doesn't really want to tell me what his last name is, and that's okay. Uh, but uh, ben, ben stuck with me for the most part, um, especially when it came to, um, like, the fog. Uh, and then, like, when we, had to, when we had to make some really hard stops where I was really at my low, 
um, he knew when to give me space, right? Like, but he knew when to like come in and kind of like, hey, like, let me go ahead and take care of you and that sort of thing. And uh, he had a little help from Arturo. Um, I don't know how to pronounce the last name, Chárez or Chárez. How do you spell Chárez, right? And so uh, <laughs> Arturo comes from Project Phoenix and he helped out a whole lot. Uh, you know, they both have experience on this. Ben has run this course before. And so he kind of knew exactly what to come up to. And then he was like, just be ready for this, be ready for that. And so it was kind of like having that big brother figure around without having to like, you know, really verbally say, um, um, you need to do this. And then you had, of course, uh, Roel, he was, he's a captain of the ship and his wife, uh, both played a big part into this. I think Roel, he took, uh, he took hold of, you know, making sure that people knew exactly where to go. The focus was still there, kind of just making sure everything was uh, tip top shape. But, uh, you know, and, and that was a thing for him. It was really more of multitasking because he had, we had, he had to make sure that he was five steps ahead of me. Like I, I was too busy on like just one foot in front of the other. He had to worry about like, you know, five miles uh, in front of the other, you know, basically like, okay, in five miles, he's probably going to be tired. All right. So just be ready to, for him to, you know, throw a fit or take a nap or whatever. And then of course, like I can tell that, you know, he was already like, okay, we, I'll give you five. He was like telling me like, I'll give you five more miles and then we could take, you can take your nap. It was like a, it was like a treat. Like I was like shooting for that five miles and then we can go from there. Uh, and then his wife, of course, his wife, uh, Carissa, she uh, definitely knew where everything was. I can tell you that if you're running 223 miles, like, like you want to make sure that you have more stuff than you can possibly be lacking of. And so uh, that definitely was the case. We had more stuff than what we probably needed. So a lot of stuff got mixed and matched and whatnot. And she was actually uh, put the time into kind of organizing everything and making sure that everything, she knew exactly where everything was. Uh, and that's a lot harder than what you think it is because you have eight other hands in the pot trying to let me, let me get them this. And then they throw it back where it doesn't need to belong. And let me get them that. And then it was like, you know, I can ask her like, Hey, I need this. And she's like, I know exactly where that's at. Let me get that for you. And so that was a big help. So it was like, everybody played a very uh, important part. Uh, a couple of people, of course, Art, Arturo's not here. And then Kenny showed up. God bless Kenny. He, sh he showed up with the biggest pizza that I can probably think of. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I didn't even know Panera Bread had pizza. He did, he did it twice. <laughs> and, uh, you know, of course, like he showed up with, uh, and, and he did everything that he pretty much can possibly do at the tail end of it. Um, I think that he would show up probably at the best times, definitely in the mornings, kind of just brighten up the spirit. He's kind of a chatty Cathy a little bit when running. So it was kind of like bringing on like, of course, uh, sort of like, let's, let's get the morning going with some chatting and whatnot. And then, uh, and then of course, uh, we were where the windmills were at and he, he definitely, uh, kept the spirits going, um, all the way up till, you know, the last five miles. And then, um, Leroy kind of took the spot from there. Right. So, yeah. so the, the, the event itself is what's called Capital Coast, right? And for the most part, it's a, it's a relay of what, um, 12, is it 12 people? I'm not too sure. I don't know too much. Of the I believe logistics. it. I think it's, I think it's a 10. 10. Okay. okay. So, yeah. yeah. So what I was going to ask is that who has had experience with this event? I know Leroy has run I, the relay. Yeah. I've run it three times. All three times. Um, yeah. Three? Ben, you, wow. How have you participated, Ben, in this, in this event? I did the uh, solo. You did the solo too. Okay. Wow. And uh, Ro, do you do you know how have you? Yeah, yeah. I did. 
I did the uh, a team relay like six years ago, and I actually saw um, Jacob Fedorov, who's the record holder. He he finished like ten minutes after me and my team did. Of oh, course, wow. he started a day earlier, but still, for him to we saw him. I saw him cross when my team had just crossed, and I was like, "What the hell? This guy did it by himself!" <laughs> and then. Uh, and then the next year I did it, I tried to do it. I, I failed and got to like 180 plus miles somewhere on there. Man, it's no, it definitely is no joke. Um, so at the beginning, um, Kenneth, who, who was there with you? Beginning? Uh, so we, we, I had another friend, uh, Dante, he showed up. He was supposed to just show up in a crop top and just basically kind of root me on. It was kind of funny, but uh, he kind of he kind of took life of its own. And, and when he when he sh- showed up there, well, whoever showed up there, we made them work. Like if they were going <laughs> to like if they were going to show up, like we, we kind of like put like, OK, like they're like, well, we're just going to drop off some waters. Nope. You're already here. Like. Are you going to go and do this, this and that? And I'm like, man, I feel sorry for them. But um, so he showed up and he stayed about half the morning. But uh, it was Roel, Dante and Leroy. Um, and yeah, uh, Leroy paced me the first 10 miles. Uh, and my, I think most people will be like, oh, man, you pick like the, the, the person who likes to go, uh, you know, the fastest yep. balls to the wall kind of guy. Like you would assume that he would pace. <laughs> and uh he uh he actually kind of like you know he he understood like hey you don't go faster than this so it was like uh it was a different dynamic coming from uh leroy at that time so what was the starting pace for you or the plan i think the starting pace would have been ideally nine forty-five or about 10 like ten forty-five, ten thirty, and then drop down to nine forty-five uh oh, that was right. that would that would have been the ideal plan um unfortunately um you know with this being my first time doing this amount of miles and whatnot i didn't give myself enough leeway um what i was shooting for was something that maybe somebody who, who may have ran multiple times into a 200 miler i was trying to get into that class and yet like this was like my first time doing a 200 mile. i've only run, ran 100 miles one time um and so yeah to just throw yourself in a 200 miler and expect to get sub 60. Uh, not saying I never shoot for stuff like that. That would have been pretty cool. You know, that would have been something like to me, like a sub 60 is like getting a sub three in a marathon if you're doing uh, 220, 23 miles. So, uh, and that was, that was, you know, my ideal thing, but I did shoot out for 1045. And then um, as time was going, I think every time I took a nap, my pace was slowing down a little bit more. But I mean, my endurance stayed there, but my pace was slowing down a little little bit more, I think, because the body started kind of, you know, de-escalating and just relaxing a little bit more. And so uh, I would just stick to 1045 for the most part. I think what's really cool is that not only did you have a team, you know, team and that they're also friends but you've had a like a very uh experienced team that have done these other races but have also specifically done this race so they kind of know what can come you know um and i think that's really cool um i know you mentioned a little bit what everyone's role was but if, if you don't mind me asking uh ben how did you um like what did you bring to the table to help out uh i was basically there to make sure that uh, Roel was uh, as stress-free as possible. I mean, he, he had to make sure that Kenneth was his, uh, was his focal point 
and I was going to be the one that would uh, try to help him as much as I could so he did not feel the pressure of being like, man, I got to do this or I got to do that or I got to do this. Oh, man, hey, you know, throw some weight over here. I mean, I can I can do what, what, uh, what you need me to, to help you with. And that was that was basically what uh, what I was there for, just making sure that Roel didn't lose his mind uh with uh with with ken because he's a handful yeah yeah bro would you say that you're kind of the logistics guy in this in this case uh i i, I guess i guess that would be the key focal point of a, of a captain but no we we all we all played a very important part as as a team like there was one point where um me and leroy were on um the highway and Ben was following Ken as this was the time that it was like super foggy. I'm not sure if y'all are mm. familiar with some of the pictures that were posted or the videos, but you couldn't see, but five feet in front of you. And all you could see was just a shield of fog. And we were going straight down this road and playing leapfrog like every half a mile, you know, and we had our hazards on and me and Leroy went out to one point. When we finally got service and looked uh, on Ken's tracker and we see them parallel to us about 500 yards on a frontage road. So we're like, holy crap. But I mean, that we, we, all, we all played a part in how to get from point A to point B and point C and all that stuff. But, you know, there was, um, I told Kenneth uh, the first time we spoke that I was hoping to see him out there. You know, I was really trying, but unfortunately I wasn't able to, to make it out. But I think it was amazing to see the pictures that kept coming out and just the people that were supporting in different areas. Um, I'm sure it brought your spirits up, Kenneth, but even you guys as a crew, I mean, I'm sure it, it was just, it was good for everybody. Um, there were a couple of things that, you know, I kept following through social media and seeing what, whatever, you know, how everything's going. But I know at mile, I think it was 110, you had a recording, Kenneth, and you said that that was, I don't know if that was the first one, but I know you mentioned that the, you were hitting a low point. Um, and I think it was because of the heat. Can you talk to, a little bit about that? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that there was heat in Texas in November. Uh, <laughs> I think that, uh, I didn't think that it was going to get that bad. Like when they said, oh, you're going to be gravy, it's going to be 81 degrees. Like, but then like, I forget that. I'm in the sun and, and even though you have wind and you have, you know, morning dew and whatnot, like your body's already exerted, uh, you're already going through exhaustion. So that heat just feels like, you know, that the, the heat felt like as if it was just like, we're back in summer again. Um, I, I, I was getting kind of the cold sweats a little bit. Um, and so I kind of had to muscle through that. Uh, I think it was just, I think that was the worst thing was just kind of getting the cold sweats for a little while because I didn't know exactly how, uh, how to feel like to process it through because of course like yeah the sun right there and then um you know it's like it's windy still it's still like in the 80s you may you may get a good breeze and and that sort of thing so it was like uh but the 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 thing is though is that um i i've i've dealt with texas heat before um luckily i was training through half the summer for this so I kind of just kind of like you've been through you've been through worse. You've had to run through Eisenhower during the summer. That's 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 a that's a crappy place to run. Um, you know, I've ran through other places like the power line. So I kind of had to picture myself, put myself out of that like like I'm, I'm in the suck right now, and then put myself into like remember how much more of a suck that I've been in before. 
and been like, you've been through worse before. So, uh, and that kind of helped out, you know? And then on top of that, I think, uh, I think part of it was just having that presence of people constantly showing up like, okay, they're here. All right, great. Like, and it was like constant, like be on top of my, uh, my, my, uh, uh, like, of course, like drinking water, um, sit on top of that. Um, and then eating, of course, like, one of the main things about that was just staying on top of my nutrition um, and just like being, being happy that I was still eating. Cause I figured like once I stop, once I get to that point where I can't keep anything down, there's no going back. So. No, it's funny. Uh, well, you mentioned nutrition. That was one of my questions here. And I saw also a picture where I see, I believe it's Royal making some spaghetti. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know who took that picture, but I think it was really nice. It was really cool to see, you know, those moments on pictures. It's just, it, it says a lot. Um, so what did, I mean, I don't know who kind of took over that, but what did nutrition look like? I mean, is it pretty much anything or specific things you have to eat? I bought him a a hot dog. And uh, <laughs> the, the main thing, the main thing for nutrition that we had to uh, stay focused on was um, like salt tabs. We were doing a lot of salt tabs periodically, uh, so we had to write down, you know, because he might have gotten something from Leroy at at two miles, and here I am at three miles, mm-hmm. and he's passing, and I'm not knowing. Uh, what Leroy gave him. So I'm over here thinking, here, take a salt tab. And after a certain point, he's at that point where he's just like, okay, yeah, I'll take whatever you're going to give me because you're the one I'm just running. You're the one telling me what to, you know, what to take in. So we all had to be on point with, um, you know, what he was eating. Uh, when was the last time he, uh, relieved himself? Um, all those little things went into play. There was one point I, I, I gave Ken like a, a hot or not uh, scenario uh, just to make sure that he was actually paying attention to me. And <laughs> I, offered, I had, I had, would uh, you rather? <laughs> well, I, had, I had a few things. I had like a water source. Um, I had uh, some gummies and then I had a little packet of hot sauce. <laughs> So I'm giving oh, him this. I'm asking him if he wants that, and he looks at me when I when I offer him the packet of the hot sauce, just like with this weird look, like, "What the hell are you doing?" And I was like, <laughs> "Okay, you're 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 paying attention. Get get the hell out of here. Keep going." <laughs> test, <good laughs> but test. yeah, but the the nutrition consisted of of anything and everything. A hot dog from the store, uh, with threw some mustard on there to help his sodium mm-hmm. uh, stay up to par. Um, after, after a certain, um, after a certain time frame, though, the gels were affecting his, uh, his taste buds. G- oh, wow. Yeah. GI maybe. Yeah. His, yeah, his uh, his mouth uh, was almost creating like, uh, like sores almost from all the acid, I guess, from, from that compact, uh, gel that he was taking, which was, uh, what was it, Ken? Uh, Humus or? Huma. Huma. H-U-M-A. Yeah. How do you spell it? H-U-M-A. Okay, I got I think, it. All right. Yeah, I think part I, of the I, problem was just kind of like specifically sticking to that, only that, because uh, that was the only thing that worked for me. Uh, but unfortunately, it was so acidic that you just constantly, you know, take that. And of course, like for three days, your tongue is going to just go ahead and like, oh, you know, man. start. Yeah. 
did I get, I'm, I'm assuming you guys packed a, a certain amount of food knowing what you would need, but uh, it sounds like some random food made it in there, hot dogs, pizza, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. We had, we had his go-to nutrition, um, uh, the soups, uh, po- uh, sweet potatoes, uh, some red potatoes, um, some tuna, some mac and cheese for the carbs, some other pasta, some meat. You saw me cooking, like you said, some, some meat with some, uh, some sauce, which ended up becoming an issue after day two with all the, uh, all the garlic, I guess, got to Ken's indigestion. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. had, had you tested a lot of that food on his training runs or, or just made it up as you went uh, in some no, ways for, for the most part i think uh, about 70 percent of it was stuff he was he was doing during his runs or after his runs or before his runs i i, I told him to make sure that was a key point like you got to be training right now and taking the feeling of your body what it's gonna what it's gonna react to how it's gonna react and he he was pretty good with that the main thing like he said there's those gels that you try and pack in with the, with all the nutrition in a little bit yeah. of time, some of those get to his, a lot of those get to his stomach and hummus yeah. were, were a good one that he was able to work with for probably like up to 150 miles, I would say. Wow. That's a, that's a long way. Yeah. yeah. Ken's, Ken's kind of a weird guy about food though. Like he's like a hyena, like he'll put everything together and nothing like <laughs> any other person, any normal person yeah. would have probably crumbled because of nutrition, but he was able to, I was, he had more of an appetite than I did. And it was, it was crazy to watch him eat, like to eat. Cause you see, that's what takes most uh, ultra runners out is uh, they just don't have the capability of eating anymore. After like a hundred miles or so, they're just, they can't, yeah. they can't even stomach water. And what did, what did yeah. hydration look like? It was crazy to see him get a bag of mashed potatoes just through a, just sucking it. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what did hydration look like? I mean, are we looking at water? I, um, I didn't, we didn't so let it. So, so he would say no to water mm-hmm. um, sometimes, but I told Taylor not to let him, not to even give him an option. Just give him the water, make him drink mm-hmm. every time. Um, the only thing that was really optional was the Vita Elite or the, the, the noon. But I mean, um, I brought like Tailwind. I brought like tailwind. We brought like just different assorted things just to kind of see like, you know, cause you, uh, a lot of the stuff that I've, I've trained with in the past year was noon, which I'm sponsored by, but like tailwind is something that is new to me. Um, just different things like that, that kind of like, uh, I wanted to kind of try out tailwind has worked for, uh, with me before during the summer. So, um, I remember doing that on a couple of the 30 K's that I did. I just brought a whole, bag of tailwind with me and uh just fill it up in the hydration bottle um probably because of covid and the lack of aid stations um that was probably something that helped me out because uh of course i learned real quick after my first race in the summer is that you got to learn how to um find a way to keep yourself hydrated self-sufficiently so i started looking for different things like tailwind noon um, um of course, like there is another one that I had out uh, that I tried. It was uh, it was a weird one, but uh, mostly tailwind and noon is something that I kind of stuck to, um, just kind of because of the fact that these last races have been like very seldom aid stations. Like, so you know, you just you learn as you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, some things might work for you. Some things might not work for you. And everybody's body's different, yeah. right? I'm sure Ben's tried uh, different things in his yeah. run. I'm sure Roe has and Leroy has all had different different things that have worked for you and not worked for you. Um, sorry, Kenny, what were you going to say? 
No, no, no. You're absolutely right. I think, uh, but uh, being being with like Ben and and Leroy, being with people uh, like Roel, um, they they uh, make it. And my coach, uh, it was very paramount about um, nutrition. He says like the the training was like go run six hours, but be on top of your nutrition. He didn't put a pace. Mm-hmm. He didn't put like you need to get two thousand feet of elevation at least. He just said, just be on top of your uh, nutrition. The, the first thing when I, when I asked him, like, hey, will you work with me? He's like, yeah, I will. But only if you promise that you will focus only on nutrition. Wow. And, like, from, from there on out, like, he was like, I'll only work with you if you stay on top of your nutrition. If you don't stay on top of your nutrition, then, like, there's no point in me being with you. Mm-hmm. So, like, that was, that was, like, something. Because my, my coach, he did 1,200 miles himself. And so, like, he, he knows that something like that kept him going was obviously food, right? And so. So what did uh, recovery look like? I mean, I know I saw a couple of pictures of you napping in the random spots, right? But, I mean, what else is involved with recovery? Uh, that, that, I, th- I think that's something that the crew probably can answer. What did that, no, what did it, that look it, like? It, it, de- it depended what time of uh, – you're talking about during the race? Yes. Yeah, during during the race, uh, so we had a set plan for at least the first 24 hours, um, which was going to get us uh, from starting at four in the morning to doing, um, I think it was right around 100 miles, and we were going to stay at this uh, hotel, which was right off of the route, actually. And the plan was to make it there, like, in between – uh, 16 to 18 hours or 18 to 20 hours, something like that. And we had planned mm-hmm. on setting him down for the night and doing uh, his TINS unit that he has from, um, from what is it? Neurosport? Neurosports. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And he's worked with that throughout his training. And then also we had some compression boots that we, we had borrowed from, from Kenneth McInerney. Um, but then in the, in the, in the daytime throughout the race, uh, the main thing was uh, keep his feet elevated, um, working on his hips, his hip flexors, his quads with those uh, those massage guns, um, icing icing his feet. He had uh, he had some swelling in both of his feet, which caused a concern more to him than than us. But he was the one feeling all that all that weight go on that on that uh, on that on those swollen feet. So there was a point where he was like, oh, I think something's, I think something's broken here. You know, it's the mind just trying to tell you to veer away from pain and go to comfort. But mm-hmm. at that point, we made it a focus to ice his feet um, whenever he was stopping for at least 20 to 30 minutes. Um, and then what else for, for recovery? Getting him out of the shade, I mean, out of the sun and mm-hmm. those hot times. Uh, we threw in yeah. we threw him in Leroy's car a couple times uh, in the AC. Yeah, I had a sweet bed. The, yeah, I had a sweet bed in the back of my car. <laughs> oh, did you? Yeah. I've, uh, I've, I did a I did a fifty five hour race with a trot, and uh, it was it was like below freezing and it's raining. So like oh, I man. I learned how to sleep in my car real comfortable. So I learned how to make a bed pretty pretty good in there. So 
Still smells like me. But, but does everyone fit? But Leroy, but is that the size? Is that like size for you? Is that for size for everybody? <laughs> I, no, I, one, I no one complained. <laughs> well, we had to bend our knees. But yeah. Not me. I was all stretched out. <laughs> uh, Taylor, I actually wanted to ask you. I know you didn't get to start with them, um, but you joined in later, right? Around, around when did you join in? And what did, what did um, you know, what was your experience like? What did you get to do? And how did you get to help? Yeah, so I worked on Thursday, but I took off work on Friday. So we went out Friday morning at like six or so. I left here like at five thirty or six. Okay. Anyways, so we got there around like six or seven on Friday, and then uh, most of it was just driving behind him, watching him uh, for the beginning. Um, but then as the like time went on, I mean, I really wanted to run with him. That was my goal was to help um, help in any way possible. So. Um, you know, for the first day, there wasn't really much. I think he was kind of in a funk for the, well, the first day when I got there. So there wasn't much to do for me, like support wise. So just hang out, just whatever was needed. Um, but then when I started running with him, um, I'm a big talker when I run too, but he's not. So for me, it was just pacing, just holding my phone and just pacing. Like when we were doing 30 seconds on 30 seconds off which was rough because I just basically had to look at my phone the whole time. So I was glad when he switched to five and five. So then we could uh, do five minutes jogging, five minutes walking. Tell him why you did five and five. Oh yeah. <laughs> Tell him why you did five and five. Cause Ben did four and four. So Ken wants to do an extra minute. I told him. That That's, not told him that ben <laughs> That's not true. That's not true. It's not good. Oh yeah. <laughs> competition for everything yeah. uh, <laughs> I, was like, I do have a question for everybody um i know of course 223 miles on on highways and roads and we all know how how dangerous even just the short runs can be right so did it get did how did it get real dangerous at times just keeping him on the road safe uh, especially in low visibility and just random people not paying attention? I think the worst was the first day um, since I've done it three times that I already knew um, oh. is all the dogs. Oh. Um, oh, there's man. a lot of dogs that first day, um, that first 60 yeah. miles, the first 60 or 70 miles, our first 34, 40, out, so once you get out of Austin, yeah, just they're all loose. So I stayed next to him. That's why I wouldn't leave his side. I, was, I, I knew, I thought it was annoying him, but I told him there's going to be dogs, dude. It's going to be dogs. It's annoying to have a car next to you, you know, the whole time. Mm -hmm. It just feels mm -hmm. like it's forcing you to, but I guess he appreciated it after a while. But so yeah, knowing that, a, um, did you take like mace or something? Yeah. Um, yeah. Luckily, Fleet Feet gave, gave, him a, a, gave him a mace. Yeah. So, I heard so. dogs don't like the sound of tasers, the clicking, the uh, electrical noise they make. But uh, yeah, I guess you could train by running through bad neighborhoods. <laughs> I live by we live by Woodlawn, so we're pretty good. No, okay. <laughs> I also thought I had that, I had uh, training I've already had, for this. I've had some. I hate when there's dog, loose dogs. That's kind of one of my biggest fears more than humans. But I'm thinking maybe I should run like a like with a spear, like a gladiator, and just kind of jog along with that thing. No, that's public. Just take toenail man. cutters. Dogs are scared of toenail toenail cutters. Really. No. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there, there was this. The, you actually uploaded a video, Leroy. Correct me if I'm wrong. From what I understood, 
uh, you were driving alongside him and he was listening to, I guess, music. And there's a moment where he's like, he does this, you're recording him. And I'm, and you were saying that that's the part, there's this stretch where there's a lot of loose dogs. Um, and you just saw his, I mean, I saw his reaction. I was like, Oh, it seems, I mean, he's listening to his music, right but when he heard I said it. That, yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's that little stretch right there. That's just, it's just all dogs. They're like, they just let them loose. Um, they're, they're not, they're not, they're not big, but they're aggressive. Cause they're not mm. used to people. They're just not used to seeing people out there. So they don't know what to do. You got to have a couple of pitchforks in the car. In the truck. <laughs> <laughs> so for such a long, you know, I would call this a race, but this is a race between you and, you know, just your, yourself, your, your mind and yeah. from the beginning to the end. But were there any moments of true doubt, Kenneth, like, you know, saying like, I'm done, I'm done. Or, you know, every, every time I woke up, <laughs> like, I was like, man, like, cause you wait, cause everybody was like, what's the worst time? What, what was like the worst time? I was like, every time I'd wake up, I would wake up and know that I had like, you know, uh, I think uh, the last time I, I was able to take a, the last nap that I took, you have to understand. I you, I still had what it, did I? It was at two hundred and five miles. I think it was at two hundred five where we slept in Leroy's car and the cop pulled us over. It was like two hundred five or two hundred eight miles or something like that. And yeah, so it was somewhere around there, yeah. Yeah, and so I woke up from that, and I still still had like eighteen miles to go or something like that or whatever it was. There was some weird like you know it was like enough for like a Saturday long run. Um, and like, I was still like pissed because it went down to the double digits and each mile was a miracle after all, like each mile was like, okay, I got to that mile. I got to that mile. So it was like, each mile was like, you know, just a little, a little bit more of a reward for myself. Um, and then, and then, uh, we get to the, the bridge that's over the beach mm. and my watch says 223. I was like, this is it. Like I don't I don't know what you are talking about with this. I'm done. Uh, the, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about with with this boat, this Lexington. Like I'm done. Like I'm done. Like this is this is this is it right here. And uh, you know it's very unsafe to sleep on the freeway. So you can't just go to take a nap on the freeway. So I I like I pleaded that like this is 223. Like I should be able to like go home and like rest. And like that Leroy was nice the whole time up to that point. And then he was like, no, no. And I was like, this isn't the Leroy I know. Like, this, is, this isn't the Leroy I've been talking to the fa- uh, first couple of days. Now you're telling me no? Like, and so I, was, I felt like I was, you know, I was betrayed for a second. But because he knew that there is people actually who stayed up uh, and was waiting for me. So he was like, no, you're going you're gonna to thank yourself at the end. And so I was like, whatever. And so, like, you know, he had to deal with me. And then, like, when we got to the bottom of the bridge, um, I got, I saw a sidewalk there and I was like, that's where I'm going to take a quick five minute nap. And so I went down there and I only had 0.7 left. Like it was like 0. 0.7, 0. 0.6 left. And I took a nap. Um, I told him, I was like, I'm going to take a nap. I'm not going to take, you know, no for an answer. He was like, Oh, and so I took a nap and then got up after like three or four minutes, I got up and then like, I said, all right, let's go. So we start walking towards Lexington or whatever it was. And like, everybody's hyped up except for me. Everybody's hyped up. I'm like, what is everybody hyped up for right now? Huh? Like, what's the big deal right now? Why is everybody so happy right now? Like, I'm why? Like, it's not even like, there's nothing to be happy about. Do y'all know what the heck's going on right now? It's like me and pain. Are y'all laughing at me? And like, everybody's just like, super like, yeah. And I'm, I'm just like, 
let's just get this over with already. Like, and, uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, like, uh, and I think, I think part of it was like, I think all the emotion, everything that came along with it, uh, even though there was low points, I could tell you this much, like my highest points were when I was at my lowest points because like, I knew that I was doing it. Like, that's what I shoot for. Like, I don't, not the type of person who shoots for belt buckles and, 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 and medals and stuff. I give those to my grandma, you know, like here, I drew something cool. Grandma here, like keep it and put it on the fridge yeah. like that. Like, but like my lowest points during runs are like my highest when I get to like, I, that, that's the high that I feel. That's what I shoot for. That's what I aim for. And so like, it's weird to say, cause like, you know, you want to tell yourself no, but you just keep on going and keep on going. And then when you pass that threshold, you're like, damn, I, I feel stronger. Like, I feel like, mm -hmm. like, you know what I mean? Like I, I, and that's because you don't get that uh, a whole lot doing grocery shopping or like putting gas in or paying your bills. You don't get that feeling. You, you only get that feeling when you really like, like train for something and put your body into it and then be like, that's the high that I was chasing for. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's what I'm going for is when I'm really at my low and I feel like I can't make it anymore. And yeah. then I made it. And it's like, that's the tangible feeling from like putting months and months of hard work in. So like when, when I say it's a low point, it was really a high point at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, you guys heard the crew, you heard his doubt. Um, I know that during a time like this, all you want to do is be positive and just give them, you know, just, you know, you're doing this, you're doing well, you can do it. But were there any moments you guys, not that you doubted him, but were there any moments where you just felt concerned for him? Like, did you ever at any point see him where you're like, oh, man. Um, you want to hear the real version of the, the bridge? Go for it. So um, <laughs> we, we, I did the last 10 with them, right? I started, I started at the end of the, the last two legs, which is, Oh, actually two miles before the last leg. So I was five miles and then the last leg's five miles. So um, he was thinking that he only had a mile once he hit the bridge, but I don't know why he was so excited to hit the bridge. He kept asking, are we at the bridge yet? Are we at the bridge yet? We saw some lady dropping lights when we were running. Mm. Um, we were running. We're, we're holding like a 10 minute pace. Like we were, we were, we were moving and it, it felt like he was going to run to the finish. And I was like, this is going to be a good last 10 miles. I'm thinking in my head, he's all, when's the bridge? When's the bridge? I'm like, after this gas station, we pass one gas station. There's another gas station. So I, I miscalculated one of the gas stations. So we get to the gas station then we hit the bridge and it seemed like he thought he was going to be done at the bridge. So the moment I told him he had five more miles, I saw, <laughs> his face. I saw in his face. He's like, I don't even have half a mile. <laughs> I've never heard. He doesn't complain. He never complains any of his runs. I'm, I'm the one that complains when we, when we all run. I'm complaining on his training runs. When I jump in two hours later after he's running and I jump in to finish off his last three or two or one, or one hour with him, I'm complaining. He never complains. He started complaining. And then we get to 223 on the bridge, like almost at the beginning with, uh, with I want to say four miles left. Um, and I knew this, um, Taylor and Kenny pulled up next to us. And he wanted to put on my flip-flops. He was like losing it. Like he was snapping. Like he wanted to take off his shoes and put my flip-flops on. And then he didn't want to do that. And, 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 and it's crazy because Ken's my best friend. So I never see him as a threat. But when we're walking, I told Taylor and them to go. <laughs> I told Taylor and them to go. And she texts me. I can meet you every half mile. And I told her, don't. I go, just meet us at the bottom of the bridge. Because if you, if you stop, he's not going to finish. 
I was convinced that if mm-hmm. the car was there, he would have just jumped in. So I made, I told Taylor, no, just meet me at the bottom. Um, so we're walking on the highway, which is super scary for one. I'm scared of deep water and I'm scared of the dark. So you got this, I never realized, how, you know, being a best friend, you know, I don't look at him as like a threat. So I never realized how muscular and big Ken is. <laughs> and this dude's going to throw me off this bridge. Like, like, you know, so I'm like staying behind him. So he doesn't, I'm not going to sprint him at this moment, you know, like. <laughs> so like, I'm on my guard and, and I'm just, I'm trying to give him space. I'm taking pictures of him and stuff like that. Cause I was just like, these are the moments that he's going to remember. He's going to look at his pictures. He's going to remember him being in the suck. Um, we get to the, the, where it says, you know, one mile to the bridge to the exit, the bridge. And he's like, is there really one mile? I'm like, yes, it's one mile. And then we get, and we get, we get there <laughs> and we went the same distance, but we didn't, we went off into the grass down, which is actually a longer distance to get down from the bridge just cause he wanted to get to the sidewalk quicker and sleep. Yeah. But, um, but you know, the, 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 the best thing about that finish though, is, um, is that, uh, all the guys from South Texas rollers were there from 11 P, uh, PM to 6 AM waiting for him. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I mean, it was crazy. So I, I knew this. They were all texting me while he was walking. So I just knew, I was like, dude, you have people waiting for you, dude. You have people waiting for you. But I really, at, at, on the bridge, I just didn't think he was going to finish. Like, I, I thought he was going <laughs> to. Yeah. I really, yeah. I really thought uh, that. Because I, I kept telling him, <laughs> no, you're, we're going to finish, dude. Like, you're going to finish. And uh, he, he was getting mad at me. I'd never seen him get mad yeah. at me. <laughs> <laughs> and Leroy, what what you said about the the car, like don't stop for us because he he might not finish. Uh, I, I heard recently in a podcast, you know, when when people are in these long endurance races or even at the marathon distance, um, if they stop or slow down, and if you touch them like on the shoulder or give them a hug or you know anything like that, it kind of gives them mentally gives them an out to just stop. Um, so that was probably a good call to keep that car going. Uh, I, I, like so I could keep moving. So I, I, this is nothing, not even compared to what he did, but we went to Oregon last year and at the, at the end of my, 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 my race, there was a, a water stop, um, 0.9 miles to the finish. Like how, why would you do that? I wanted to stop. I wanted to quit when I got, <laughs> when, yeah. when I got there. Like, you know, so I just knew, I just, remembered that like and i was just like if he, if he even stops i mean i can't even imagine that's this is a horse of a different color this is something that you won't know until you do it yeah kind of thing yeah. like you hit you hit past 200 miles you're in a different threshold that's not even a, that's not it's even not a, you that's like that's like it's the funny, hottest it's funny you, you know? mentioned that though because the uh, there was there was times where i was telling my wife she was driving i was in the passenger seat and i was telling her like we're trying to find so we would gauge uh, about a half a mile to a quarter mile to a mile um, on where we were going to position our vehicles uh, and watch Ken pass by. And then each vehicle had a couple little things to hold Ken off until he was going to stop for a good break. But we had to we had to keep in mind that we didn't want to stop in this area because it looks too pretty. It looks too shaded. Like mm. it's fucking, it's hot as heck right now. If we stop over here where there's a wide open area, Ken's going to look at it and be like, oh, let me just take a 10 minute break or whatever. So yeah, th- those were things that we had to take into consideration as, and that was like a disguised, uh, 
a disguised issue too because we're just looking for a comfort zone too we're just more safety we're trying to pull off to where we're not on the road so some of these people don't have to flip us the bird or whatever but Kenneth, there's, there's, I could see several of the pictures you were, you had your headphones on. Um, can I ask what are, was it, was, were you always listening to music or what, what was it that you were, you know? Yeah. You know, like the most, uh, a majority of my runs, uh, I think that when my training runs have been like half music and then half, like if it was anything less than 25 miles, I wouldn't listen to music, but anything past that, my ADHD starts going off and then I start kind of getting like, uh, like oh I'm, I get bored of this or whatever the uh, whatever that looks like so and I think that goes for almost anybody like you start running like past like 25 30 miles and then you know you still have another 30 45 miles or something like that you just want to kind of zone out and then kind of like and then some people don't have to do that right like you have some people that don't really need to listen to music the whole time and that's okay too um uh specifically for me though I have to kind of zone myself out because uh, I figure that I just kind of let the body take over and then the mind gets to rest as much mm-hmm. as it possibly can. Um, because I mean, I mean, I, I really like, I really don't like to think when I'm running. Um, and like, like a lot of people, you know, know that because I don't really like to talk when I'm running. So talking requires thinking as well. So I think it was so hard. <laughs> If I have headphones, if I have headphones on, uh, you know, it's like I don't have to feel like I need to talk. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, and, and some, the music that I would listen to is just—it was really just stuff that I would zone out to. You know, uh, it wasn't anything like heavy metal at that time. Uh, but yeah, it was like just something that was just kind of easy, easy listening to. Yeah. So. What kind of device did you have for listening? Just my was iPhone. It a phone or. Yeah, oh, okay. I wasn't sure if it was a phone or a little nano. Oh, some people still have the old little nano things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was, just because they're small. Yeah, I uh, I had my my phone, and then I, I made sure to have like um like a, a small little pouch to just kind of put place the phone in, um, and then put my put my humas in, and then some other stuff like uh, and then just kind of go from there. Um, I tried not to carry the best with me. But there was times where, um, for some reason, I needed to have it for whatever reason that I was going to need it for. And so, uh, but mostly because my watch needed to be charged constantly. Um, it was, it was a, that was one thing, is make sure that the, uh, the watch is charged and that the phone was charged um, because of the tracking. You can't do the tracking without one or the other. Yeah. So. Uh, just a last couple questions here for everyone and you know we'll start wrapping this up but for anyone that's thinking of doing any kind of ultra maybe not 200 miles maybe i mean ultras technically begin after the marathon right um what kind of advice for you veterans i mean i'm looking at a bunch of veterans here uh what kind of advice would you would you give oh no you've you've run you've run past 26 taylor no i have not you haven't nope i've only done i think 20 she did she did and within 24 hours she did a 50k with ken Oh, well, yeah. Oh, with Ken, I actually ran my longest run ever with Ken. Okay. Well, there you go. All right. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, for anyone that might be thinking of doing anything like this, um, what's one little tidbit you might leave them with? Oh, and one more thing. Sorry. Um, All the runners with the pandemic and with everything happening. um, Kenneth, don't answer this. I have something else for you. Um, What, what do you guys have planned here for the, for maybe the future? Um, Ro? Um, 
I think we're all actually trying to team up and race uh, a Badwater series race, the, the Salton Sea. It's a team race. It's a different strategy of a team race, though, because you have to stay, I think, within 10 meters of, of each person in your team. So you're as slow, oh, okay. you're as fast as your slowest one, and you're as slow as your fastest one, or however you say it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. But, uh, That's cool. The as as far as the tidbit for for training or getting into some sort of ultra, uh, don't don't train comfortable. The the ultras, there's nothing comfortable about an ultra, and if you're gonna get into something like that, then you better be looking to suffer. So. Don't so go find misery. Don't go for your, your run. Don't go for your training run when you're all nice and rested. Think outside the box. Thank you, Ben. Uh, on the lines of that, uh, yeah, find comfort in the discomfort. And um, uh, if you are looking at uh, doing uh, an ultra, a your crew is definitely uh, something that will uh, will make you. Uh, I, uh, I, I strongly believe in, uh, in the idea of, uh, you know, you're, you are the, uh, you're the driver of this machine, you know, you're, and, uh, and, and only, uh, your crew can, uh, will listen to you to help this machine to get to the finish line. And uh, this machine, your body can't really uh, get to that finish line if you're not up here and mentally and if you're not there physically. So uh, your crew will definitely need to uh, be folks that love you and know you as a, as a person and uh, two, knows you as a, as a athlete. And uh, I believe if, uh, if you have those, those folks that are there uh, that know you like that, uh, you're, you're you're successful in in any race and what do you have planned i think you have something coming up pretty soon could you talk about that yeah, a little bit yeah. come on tell them tell them uh, i got a uh, i got also Breaking a news. Uh, <laughs> 200 uh, a 200 uh, miler as well that's uh uh 262 uh just to one up uh ken and uh <laughs> that's what we're all about <laughs> since he uh, since he won up me on my five and five, uh, I, got you. I, I like it. I like it. Yeah. So uh, I'll be doing that uh, coming up uh, in a couple of weeks, uh, starting on the fifteenth, uh, ending on the nineteenth, uh, and uh, be doing it for a uh, nonprofit organization called Cops, uh, the uh, Concerned of Police Survivors, which is a uh, organization that is uh, geared towards the families of fallen officers. That's fantastic. Uh, so, right, so, That's amazing. Um, Leroy, Taylor, whoever wants to go first. Oh, for this year? Um, yeah, so unofficially I'm back on trot, so I'm actually going to utilize that and I'm just going to stick to ultras. I tried to do marathons this year and um, I ended up getting a stress fracture and I'm still kind of recovering from that, but I'm slowly getting back at it, but uh, Definitely just wanted to just go back to where my heart's at is uh, back to trail running and uh, an ultra distance. Um, so Ken kind of inspired me that uh, I'm just going to do what I want to do and do what I love and not do stuff because I feel like I have to. Yeah. I felt like I had to do a marathon because that was a thing to do. Um, a fast one, you know, I wanted to do a sub, a sub three or a 250 was all I was training for. Um, 
but yeah, so this year I'm just going to just concentrate what I want to do. Just have fun with the ultras. I want to do my first hundred miler. Um, so, and then maybe try to do another hundred K. Uh, I did a sub 11. So I want to see if I can get like a sub nine okay. hour this year. It's the same place I did it at. Where's that? At Brazos. Okay. okay. Is, that, flat. is that December or January? The one in the spring, I believe. Oh, okay. The one in the one in December or whatever got canceled. Oh, okay. Okay. Taylor, what's in your plans? Uh, just not be injured. I've been <laughs> injured the majority of this year. So yeah. I basically just want to run and not be injured. And then I like supporting. I mean, this was the most support yeah. I have ever done. But I've supported a lot of friends at a lot of different races. I've traveled and bought nutrition and cheered for them. But this was a whole new experience. But it's definitely something I enjoyed being a part of. Fantastic. And no, we're going to go ahead and put her in an ultra. Don't worry. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. All right. <laughs> you just, you know, you're just going to have to sign her up without her knowing. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Sponsor. <laughs> but uh, one of the things that, uh, Kenny, you mentioned in, you know, the first time we talked is that you said you were afraid that if you completed this event that you might want to do something bigger next time. Yeah. Um, has that thought come back? Like, have you thought about that? Is, is, is that still, you know, something you have or, or has yeah, it changed a little bit? The, the, that thought already was occurring before I even <laughs> completed this. Like, that's the thing. Like, it was like, okay, it was something that seems like it's not too big to, to take a, a bite out of. And then I was thinking like, I don't know, like maybe like, so Roel threw an idea out about that. <laughs> Uh, this 200 plus mile <laughs> canoe race or something like that. I asked, he asked me about, I've never done canoeing. And I was like, Oh, okay. So like what, what better thing to do than to get caught up in a storm in Texas, right? Because if it's canoeing, it's in Texas and then there's like summer and spring showers and then it's hot and we'll dehydrate and then we'll probably die and we'll die of legends. Right. And so that was, that was my thing. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I think that, uh, I think that as long as I'm taking care of my body, my body will take care of me as far as that goes. Uh, I, I love the fact that like my imagination can kind of run wild. Uh, and that's the thing. Like, like I don't have to, I don't have to feel like I need to prove anything from to anybody other than like uh, just bring my imagination to reality. Right. And then see what that's come. Um, you know, a little less than a year ago, I asked Leroy, to do a two-man relay uh, with me at one of the hottest uh, races in Texas because I was like, I don't know, like it just seemed like it's pretty cool. And then like, we're gonna be called hot and heavy. Like, like there, was not, there wasn't any, like I wasn't trying to prove myself to anybody. I just asked him if he was dumb enough to do it and he was, and so it was like, that was pretty cool. Uh, and then we do, and then we did this. And so like the next thing would probably be like, I don't know, like run across Texas or maybe like this time, like some people have been doing it east to west. It would be maybe cool to do it uh, south to north or, you know, something like that. Um, you know, it, it's, it's really just, uh, I kind of, the, the thought usually occurs to me, I don't know when I least expect it. Um, and then I'm just kind of committed to it after a while. Uh, I know that right now, uh, I do have like one or two more races for 2021. Um, I have a hundred mile race that's called Southwest 100. I don't know if they're going to cancel it or not, but uh, it's in spring. And then I, I'm maybe thinking of Rocky Raccoon, 
but it's just depending on how my body is right now. Uh, and then, uh, but it, again, it's like something that, you know, only occurs when I feel it, right? When it's in my imagination, nobody really tells me like, you should do this because it would make you, you know, a better racer. And I'll just tell them like, Hey, screw you, man. Like that's, that's not how I work. Like I, I do things on my own dime. Like, and so that's kind of my thing. And I think one of the biggest challenges that I would like to kind of, uh, really do is continue bringing awareness for child sexual abuse, uh, and, and, and helping along with child safe. Cause, uh, I think that, uh, doing this work has been pretty fulfilling, um, in that sort of sense. And so, we're already talking about a new project on trying to get something going and I'll, I'll, I'll bring you into the loop and everybody else into awesome. the loop. Uh, but it, it's, uh, it, it's pretty exciting because, um, you know, like I, I get to have that network with them. You know, I didn't think that I would ever be able to like be a kid in a candy store and be like, can we do this? And they're like, yeah, cause you did that. And I'm like, cool, cool, cool. Okay. So we can do it then. Right. And they're like, yeah, like, bring it out to us and then we'll just like we'll bring it to life and i'm like that's so cool and then like other nonprofits are like i will sign on to you because you ran 220 i don't care that i ran 223 miles now like we're we're, we're about to like you know bring some more money and bring more stuff to uh child safe that's all i care about now so it's it's pretty cool to kind of be present to that and see that 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 difference and and the momentum is still there right so because the 223 miles is already done like i'm already past that now like not to like not to downsize it or anything like that, but it's more like that's that's definitely like it's done, and I get to like I get to move on to the next thing because that's where my mind's at. It's the next thing, like what's 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 more of a difference that I can make, you know, with with the community and with the help of everybody. Like I want to try this again, but like you know, like I don't want to run two hundred twenty three miles. So. <laughs> yeah, you uh, you raised an incredible amount of money. Um, uh, I, I'm sure they were giving you updates throughout the the days as you were out there that how, how many people were helping, which was incredible. I don't know of anybody who's raised that much money, you know, personally, um, in such a short time frame. So, so kudos to you and the crew and everybody that participated in that. It, it's going to help a lot of kids. I can imagine, yeah. uh, exceeding your own expectation. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much on that. Thank you. Thank you for just like, you know, obviously bringing the crew into this. I've been doing these, these podcast solos. So I'm pretty sure people are kind of like, like, yeah, we heard about him. And so I know that they want to hear from the other, the, the crew members that really like to me, um, made this happen. Like it, if it was just me out there and like one other person, like that person would have had to tend to me. And then that would have been it. Like that y'all would have just been stuck on a tracker. It was the help of everybody just kind of being like, like, you know, like let's help them out, but then let's also record them in the suck, you know? So that was, that yeah. was like, no, and that's exactly why I wanted everybody to, you know, come in if you, if you had the opportunity, because I feel that, I mean, you did, you know, we know you, we saw you doing the work, but I think, you know, behind the scenes, there's so much more going on. And, um, you know, thank you guys for, for doing that. I mean, you know, without y'all, I guess, might have not been possible, right, Kenneth? Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, I think that, like, everybody has been able to kind of see, like, this tangible effect of, like, the, the not just the money here but like really like seeing a beautiful part of people in the community saying like i'm not okay with child sexual abuse and i believe in this like run i believe that this is like something that's going to like improve our community mm -hmm. like here's my money 
because nowadays like this is a pandemic like money is a big deal right now right so like people are like i'm gonna give whatever little i have to help out with something that's just been like it's 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 something that's just uh, bring shame and takes away so much from a child and so it's like that was that was the cool part that, that's that's something that like everybody should be proud of like to know that like i believe that this is not okay and here's my money to make sure that we don't make another child suffer through this yeah fantastic guys i really appreciate you you're uh, taking the time to come you know not, well, not to come out but you know just setting some time aside to to you know just come and chat with us um even though I wasn't there in person, just watching the videos and the the, the comments and everything, um, it was just a, an amazing event. Um, yes, and for the next big thing, whatever you decide, Ken or, or anybody in the crew, give us give us a, more time, and we'll be happy to promote it for you as best we can. And and the earlier, the better. Yeah. Definitely. So thank you guys, and uh, y'all have a wonderful evening. Thank you. Thank you. you. Have right. a good night. Thanks everybody. Appreciate it. Bye bye. Have a good night. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Any Given Run Day podcast. Feel free to reach out to us, and if you have not done so already, please make sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you may listen. Please leave us a comment and a five-star review if you liked what you've heard. Until next time.